Hi, this is Ray Duckler, back for yet another podcast. I know that's hard to believe. Today's guest is uh, Bob Tewksbury, former Major League pitcher who I uh, used to cover in the uh, Stone Age back <laughs> in the 80s, and now uh, Bob has uh, re- been retired since 98. He uh, most recently has worked for as a sports psychologist for the San Francisco Giants. He did the same thing for the Red Sox for many years. And uh, that's because he got his master's degree from BU in psychology. Did I get that right? Yeah, okay. sports psychology. Sports psychology. So we're going to, I just, I decided to, to bring Bob in because he was just inducted into the Merrimack Valley High School Hall of Fame, the inaugural c- class, along with uh, Dave Anderson, his coach, and Laurie, I forgot her last name. Oh, uh, Steckel. Laurie Steckel, three sports star in the 80s. Uh, so that's the first class. There's going to be a lot of other people going in, of course. Kevin O'Brien, Scott Drapo, Dave Huck, the late Dave Huckins. But Bob was one of the first, and he got very emotional at the um, induction ceremony. Um, in fact, there weren't enough tissues for him. <laughs> and um, and that, that, that made me think that this guy who finished third in the Cy Young voting and led the league in winning percentage and, and threw an EFIS pitch to Mark McGuire thought that this was a big deal, his high school inducting him into the Hall of Fame, and I thought that was impressive in terms of a guy being grounded. So, Tukes, just talk about what that meant to you and why. Uh, well, I think that the, um, you know, to be into any Hall of Fame is is very nice. I think that the big thing that happened was, was to go in with Coach Anderson. You know, he's one of my dearest friends. He's coached me in two sports for four years. Uh, know his kids, seen his kids grow up, and I think to, you know, to go in with him, I think, is what made it even more special, and it also is what created my emotional response, because I went up to the podium to speak, and I was wiping tears away from what he said, Um, so I was already pretty emotional from that. And the meaning of, of what he said and, and just going in with him was really, really cool. And then, you know, talking about my siblings who also went to Merrimack Valley that don't get a lot of recognition. You know, I've been kind of the the one everyone knows, but I wanted to acknowledge them, which was harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it looked hard. And uh, But I got it out. And then... Um, you know, it was just a really nice event to be back at MV to be recognized like that. And, and uh, Sean St. Ange, who put that together at Merrimack Valley. Assistant principal. Assistant yeah, 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 was uh, instrumental in making all that happen. So it was really a fun night. And then for my siblings to be there, we all went out after and talked about it. It was a very, very fun night. It's great. Um, I was glad I was able to go. So Tukes, they call him Tukes, in case you didn't know, um, finished with a 110-102 lifetime record and a 392 ERA. If you know anything about baseball, you know that's good, <laughs> especially in the era of uh, steroids and whatever. Yeah. Did you use steroids, Tukes? No. Okay, we got that on the record. <laughs> so in the 80s, when I was covering Bob, he came up to the Yankees in 86, and he pitched well for them. And then over the next few years, there was a series of injuries and demotions, and he really got kind of lost in the mix there, I think, for a couple of years. And I think a lot of people had given up on you. What was your mindset in 87-ish, 88, 89? Uh, Well, I think that the first, um, 
you know, the, the first, as you, we, you wrote in the article, which was really a good piece about being fined for tipping my cap. Um, <laughs> that was your major league debut, That was right? my debut, but it was happened after 20 scoreless innings in spring training, and it was a, um, a very, uh, you know, confidence was high. When I started to struggle, you know, midway through the season and then get ultimately put to the bullpen, um, that's when things started to spiral down for me because I felt the manager didn't lost trust in me. Uh, I didn't know how to pitch out of the bullpen. Yeah, yeah. Um, my shoulder started to get sore, and and um, you know, as a result of that, and that led to the spiral down. So, you know, I came back a little bit in '87, and then uh, that's when I get traded to the Cubs and. I was actually on my way back to, uh, Laura, yeah, I was going to AAA. They were sending me down, but they gave me a three-day all-star break. Yeah, no, the Yankees. The Yankees, but Columbus, yep. So um, so those were trying times, and, um, yeah, I really was scared. I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, Laura and I had just started dating uh, prior to the my rookie season. Um, but, you know, I really felt like, you know, we ended up getting married. She had a really good job. We bought a house, and I was ready to finish my degree and teach PE and coach. And um, I had started thinking about that, and and uh, and then went to spring training in nineteen. We got married in '89. Went down in 1990. I remember sitting in the bleachers. Laura was still working at the hospital. I remember sitting in the bleachers at the practice minor league facility in St. Pete. And my shoulder was killing me. This is oh, really? this is a ten months after surgery, and I remember saying, "Look, I I may be home soon. You know, my arm's killing me. I'm not sure if they're going to have a spot on the team." And that was in March of 1990. Well, in September of 1990, I pitched my first major league shutout. Yeah, uh, and so things turned around a lot that year. Except you had been called up for the forty-man roster in nineteen ninety. Yeah, when the roster expanded, what what game was that? What was the score? Who were you pitching? That's amazing. Uh, it was against the Expos. Uh, Andy McGaffigan was the pitcher for the Expos. It was in a pennant race because the Cardinals were chasing the Cubs. I remember? Yeah. And um, I got my first major league hit and my first shutout on the same day. Uh, so you think about. You know, that's what I tell the guys now is, you know, in six months, things could change in a hurry. You know, um, you know, I was almost released. It almost felt like I was going to be out of a job in, in March. And in September, I'm in the big leagues and pitching a shutout in the pennant race. You know, it's crazy. Did, what, that's unbelievable. And how many hits did you give up? Uh, I, I don't know. Not a lot. It was a complete game shutout. Yeah, it was a shutout. So, Less Complete than less than six. That's I think. unbelievable. Yeah. So, what, it was it? Do you remember that really? Um, a specific time in the game where you were going, "Holy crap! I'm uh, really good." Because um, that's amazing. Yeah. Nobody would have no, bet on that happening. No. Come on. Yeah. No, I don't know. I I just feel like I was again. I was confident. I was healthy. Yes. I had a really good AAA Your season. Your shoulder was fine. Shoulder in was September fine. I won thirteen games. They would have oh, brought right. me up earlier. But uh, the Whitey Herzog didn't think I threw hard enough, so they didn't bring me up until they had to bring me up, and then I ended up being a really good pitcher for them. And then in um, '91, um, you know, had my first full season. Ten and nine. 
Yep, yep. But the three two five yeah, ERA. Great ERA, ten and nine. And then I mm-hmm. think that solidified my yeah, spot. Right. But the, you know, the interesting thing uh, about uh, prior to even, um, well, let me see. This would have been that would have been. Excuse me. That would have been nineteen eighty nine. The shutout. That I was the shutout. And then 90 1990, the, the rosters, there was a lockout, and the rosters expanded in spring training, and I was on the team. And then I got sent back down, and I was pitching well again, and then they called me up. And this was the defining moment, and um, this is in the book. Uh, Ted Simmons, they called me up, and Ted Simmons had got me outside the Cardinal locker room and said, you're pitching on Friday. I just thought, ironically, again, against the Expos in St. Louis. And if you do well, you'll get the ball again. And if you don't do well, he just paused and, like, I'm not sure what's going to happen. And it scared the hell out of me. But it also gave me peace to know that I had some type of control over the fact of what might happen. And so uh, I remember going home and... Um, preparing for that game and went out on Friday and pitched uh, uh, seven seven innings, gave up three runs, but we got the win. And uh, I felt like I had, because of that, I felt like I probably got a mulligan if I had a bad start and I had another good start. So then I had two mulligans right? and I never went back to the minor leagues. That was it. You were done with the mic. You know what I thought was interesting? When you would go to the minors, you would think, all right, he's done. He's hurt. He doesn't throw hard. Whatever. And then you'd go there, and you'd go 13-5 and or something, and it's like they were probably up at the big league saying, oh, crap. we got to look at this guy again. He's he's leading the team in ERA. All right, call him up. Call him up. That's what I remember. Yeah, 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 no, that's so true. Your minor league record was phenomenal. Yeah, I have 70. My minor league record, 75 and 32. (laughs) Which is unbelievable, Which right? Is, 700 winning percentage. Yeah. I mean, no one, you know, you think, so you think about that. I had 75 minor league wins and 110 big league wins. Yeah, I was a 200 game winner. You get the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, right. I am in the Merrimack Valley Hall That's of Fame. My, my bad. Um, in 92, all right, you went, you, you, you pitched for Joe Torrey for five seasons, and so uh, five full seasons. Let's just talk about Torrey. Because um, what did he mean to you? Well, a lot. I mean, he was the manager. uh, When I came up in 90, Whitey Herzog was still a manager. And he didn't trust you because he didn't throw throw hard hard enough. enough. And then uh, Red Shandies came in because they just were going to hire, you know, it was an internal guy. Um, And then they hired Joe uh, before the 91 season. And I won Joe's game. Joe's first win as a Cardinal manager, I was the winning pitcher. It was at the Did vet. Did not know that. It was at the vet in Philadelphia. Cool. And so he still remembers that. And um, so Joe's a, Joe's a great communicator. Um, you know, he played the game a long time. He was a very good big league player. He was. He'd been away from the game for a little while. Um, came back. And then, um, you know, I say to people, he kind of gave me permission to be successful. Um, you know, he knew that I didn't have the stuff of some other people, but he knew I could win. And he knew, and I think more importantly, he told me, I, he, I know what I'm going to get out of you whenever you take them out. You're going to keep us in the game. 
you know, you're going to give up runs, but you're going to give us a chance to win. And, and I think when a manager has that comfort in a pitcher every time they go out there, that makes them feel good. Um, so I took pride in that, and I think that's why I pitched so well in St. Louis. Well, you talk about you're going to give up runs. As it turns out, in 1992, you didn't really give up any runs. Mm-hmm. 2.16 ERA is not unheard of, but it's... it's and it was under two until uh, second week in September. Your ERA was under two? And I got knocked out in the first inning against the Cubs at Wrigley Field, and it went up to 2.16. It was under two. It was 1.8-something in the September. That's unbelievable. Yeah. How many got, How hard did you throw? In the big At leagues. At that time, yeah. 87. 87 was your fastball. <laughs> How many guys have had an ERA in the ones in September yeah. who threw 87? Greg Maddox? Actually, he probably he threw, threw harder, harder than me. Okay, so 216 ERA, which is amazing. You led the league in winning percentage. So on your baseball reference page, there's that little black number for yeah, winning yeah. percentage. Yeah. Very cool. 16 to 5, you made the All Star team. What was that like? Uh, it was good until the second inning I oh, pitched. Well, that's true. The first inning was wonderful. I get uh, McGuire, <laughs> Carter, and Ripken out on nine pitches. Oh. And then I come into the dugout, and I think I'm out of the game because I'm like, whew, you know. There's plenty of other guys down there. And Bobby Cox, who called me Tim the night before at the gala. Right, that's, that's respect. That's you know, respect. Yeah. Tim Tewksbury. Yeah. He... Uh, he came down and goes, how you doing? And I said, I'm fine. He goes, good, you got another one. And I almost shit my pants. Can I say shit <laughs> yeah, on the podcast? Yeah, on the, on the podcast, you can. <laughs> so, you can. So uh, I was like, okay. So I went out, got the first guy out. Then I gave up a double to uh, Griffey or Biagra. I can't remember. And then I gave up a, uh, another hit. Long story short, I think I gave up four runs. And uh, didn't get out of the inning. They had to come take me out. So the experience itself was good, you know, to be in a room with all those people. Yeah, talk about that. That's the cool part. Yeah, you're, I, mean, I mean, you're, you know, it was the only, the only time. I was on the all-star trip to Japan later that year that we went, you know, with Ozzy and Larry Walker. And there was other great players that, you know, a lot of them were on the all-star team. But, right. um but you figure on this on the National League All Star team at that time would have been Glavin, Smoltz, Maddox, uh, McGriff, uh, Biggio, Hall of Famer, um, Tony Gwynn, Hall of Famer, uh, Hall of Famer, um, and also on the other side was Griffey, Eckersley, Ripken, uh, you know Puckett. Um, there was just you know, Hall of Fame. Tewksbury. Yeah, Hall of Fame. Yeah, so it was, it was really fun. It was really fun. That was, uh, you, you fooled everybody, and then the next year you won 17 games. So it's just kind of, it was a different year you gave up. I mean, it's hard. You're not going to follow up on a 2-1-6 ERA and no. do it again. But you won, the ERA you was won high, seven. but I pitched no, 200 innings. No, it was in the threes. Yeah. In the threes, yeah. 200 innings, won 17 games. Yeah. So yeah. it was all right. Yeah, yeah. Did, I did, the, did what I had to do. Yeah. You pitched for the Yankees, the Cubs, the Cardinals, the Rangers, the Padres, and the Twins. Yep. The last few years, what was going on with them? I mean, you had double-digit uh, seasons for wins in a couple of them. The ERA was 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 moving up, though, and mm-hmm. you were having you were getting hit harder. What yeah, happened the last yeah. couple of years? Well, I think um, my stuff wasn't as good. You know, that's why Your I think... stuff? It, yeah. The 87-mile-an-hour <laughs> fastball... <laughs> imagine. Went down. When that's, you lose yeah, that, right? Really, really, imagine the, what happened. The cheese was... <laughs> The hair, as the I hair, usually exactly would say. That's right. Oh, yeah. The hair. Uh, too, many a shave people, too many people were going bridge on me. And, <laughs> uh, 
But, um, well, I think to, to look back at that, in 95, uh, I got hurt. I had a groin injury and I broke a rib. So I missed time with the Rangers. Um, I think I won nine games that year. I can't remember. And then 96, I went to the Padres. I was 10 and 9, but I pitched 200 innings again. Struck out over 100 guys for the first time uh, in my and only time in my career. And, you know, was part of a championship team. And then um, 97, I started to – that's when things started to, to – unravel again I think you know it's 10 years after surgery um, my shoulder just started to get weaker um, and actually I, I feel like um, you know I missed some time I, I had a um, I cut my finger um, which put me on the DL I had um, shoulder inflammation twice that put me on the DL. That so, wasn't surgery though, right? No, but so you, I, I missed time and yeah. then I think, and then I started to really, um, you know, the light was starting to fade. You know, the fire in the belly was starting to fade. Um, you know, it took a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of emotion for 10 years to do what I did for that long and the kids were getting older. Um, you know, my goal was to win 100 games and play 10 years. I Is did that, that right? That was your goal? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Mission accomplished. So I think I kind of ran out of carrots, and uh, I just really wanted to be home. I know that one of your other goals was to have a lifetime batting average of 133. <laughs> that wasn't the and goal. And it was 32, <laughs> so you didn't. No, that wasn't one of the goals. No. Uh, um, the slump the last year <laughs> What me. was it again? Two for 62? Two for 62. So that, that brings the average down. Yeah, that crushes right. it. Okay. Yeah. Um... What about the emotions of, of leaving? That was an emotional press conference that was as well. An yeah, see, that's the thing. You're one of the, probably the only, you might be the only writer that Both. that saw from the beginning the local guy all the way through, you know, 25 years of the whole coverage, 30 years of coverage, you know, in and out. So uh, as you, you were, it was emotional. You know, you covered that. It was really hard. Um, but... You know, I think that's why it's so important for people, players, to have outside interest and figure out what's next. And for, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew that I was going to be home. Uh, but I finished my undergrad. Let's fin let's talk, let's go into that. You finished your undergrad where? At New England College. I was I was forty four. I was taking correspondence courses. Uh, so you're forty four and you're in a class with everybody. No, forty. Yeah. In a forty class and everyone's with, twenty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that like? It was good because I knew how to manage my time and get all my work done. Uh, uh, but so it was weird, you know. I mean, the oldest in the in the room, but it was interesting. I think that somebody retired that that same time, and then came back. I can't remember if it was Jordan, you know, one of the players that retires that came back. And I said, I'm never going to come back. <laughs> but I thought about it after a year. Uh, it's like, well, yeah, I was, just talked to Laura and I. It was like, you know, maybe I could still go. Because I was still, my arm was in good shape, my body was in good shape, but I was... What did Laura say? She said, go do it. Really? Yep. No wonder you married her. Yep. And then, but I just couldn't do it. I said, I don't think I have the energy to do it. I really don't. The grind of the season and training and so, but... 
I don't think people realize how hard that is, because um, I don't, because I mm. didn't play pro ball. So um, you go to BU to get your master's degree, and you came out with a book recently. Talk about that. The yeah, so I went, to, plug. I went to BU in 2003, four. got a master's degree in sports psychology, uh, worked for the Red Sox, and then um, wrote a book last year. It came out, actually came out this year in March called 90% Mental. Uh, all-star pitcher reveals a hidden aspect of baseball. Uh, have you read it? I read parts of it. I haven't read parts it, of it. I had. To, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> He's a bit working. Busy. I'm sorry. He's I'm working. A, yeah, it's on audio tape. If you can't read the whole thing, <laughs> so, so. But um, so it's about it's about the uh, it kind of introduces mental skills in baseball from a couple perspectives. It talks about. You know, the beginning part of the book is my inter- interaction with Lester during the 2013 season. John Lester? Yeah, John Lester. And, you know, he had was very dominant the second half of the year. That's when we had worked together. A lot of the things that we did then, he's still doing now. What did he need to learn that he was missing? He wasn't. All he was, I just enhanced his, his uh, we did imagery, you know. He had confidence, work ethic. You know, we just helped him visualize success. We helped, I, I just, he did all the work. I just put a couple things out there and said, think about this. And, and you know, that's the thing. There's not a one, you know, you have strategies and techniques that you can suggest to help people, but not everyone fits every player or every person. So you have to find what works best. And that's what worked for him. And it clicked. Uh, Andrew Miller, who's a dominant lefty, we all know he's he was in the book talking about how so you worked with Andrew Miller. Who's yeah, the we best talked about in baseball two years. I ago? was texting him during the 2016 postseason, where uh, he was like MVP in yeah, one of the series. We were, yeah, we had, I had texted him after the Indians swept us, and um, I texted him and said, "Hey, you look great. Keep it up." And we started a dialogue, reverting back to some of the techniques that we had talked about about self-talk and confidence and he said that helped him a lot and he's in the book uh he said it was uh, helpful rich hill Mm -hmm. is also a guy that's been pretty good coming back from being on the bandwagon or you know the the trash wagon and then the uh anthony rizzo so all those guys are in the book and talk about our my interactions with them it talks about my career my career struggles and then it transitions into you know, the mental part of the game, how it's changed over the years from when I played to where it is now. And so it's a good read. I uh, really think everyone, it's on, it's at Amazon, it's at, uh, it's at Gibson's, it's uh, available in audio. Um, back around, back around 1990, when you started to turn around, you weren't as mature you are now, you didn't have as much life experience and you hadn't gone to school. So wh- why did you, or did you have those that mental capacity at that at that time, or what was yeah? What so was I, I had it. You know, I think my whole I used to read Norman Vincent Peale, Power of Positive Thinking. If you can see it and believe it, you can achieve it. I knew the power of imagery. I used to do imagery in high school. You did? Yeah. Really? I was doing all that stuff in high school. I was keeping scouting report. I was had my own analytics back then. I kept track of all my stats on my own. In high school? In high school. You didn't I, know the opponent's war, did you? No. No, okay, just <laughs> no. making sure. Well, in high school, I, I knew I kept my statistics. Um, in the pros, I kept books on hitters. I kept track of first pitch strikes, first pitch outs. I kept track of what innings I gave up the most runs in. Really? I figured out all that stuff, yeah. And now they print it out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but right. um, 
Uh, well, so I always had the capacity to do that, and I think that's what kind of led me to that after baseball. But, well, the reason I got into this was I had no idea what I was going to do. I was working as the Red Sox as a pitching consultant. Uh, the Red Sox had a guy that was a sports psych consultant down there who was working with Shea Hillenbrand. His name was Doug Gardner. Doug said, you know, there's a program at BU. It's a sports psych program. You know, he just graduated from it. He had his doctorate from it. I'm thinking, oh, wow. I'm thinking, well, if I go back and get a master's in this with my baseball experience, I could be pretty qualified. Build a career. I and know. I have. It's been, but now there, are, there's a handful of players, the former big leaguers that have gone back and gotten their degree. Um, and I think that, so that's how I got started. And it's been a great second career. Yeah, really. The last thing here to wrap it up, um, you, your last uh, position was with the Giants, San Francisco Giants. And what happened recently with that? Well, I got the old pink slip, as I used to say. Back in the day, that when you, you know, you'd get to your locker, you'd have a white piece of paper with your team assignment or a pink piece of paper saying that you were going home. And the pink slip. How personal. How intimate. The pink slip was. But, you know, the Giants have, uh, is a week ago this Friday, they decided to change directions. They, uh, uh, they fired their strength and conditioning coach. They fired me, who was the major league mental skills coach. They fired the minor league mental skills coach. And I suspect that there'll be other changes happening uh, with the Giants. You know, they've had two. Uh, last year they lost 98 games. This year they're going to lose more than they win. And uh, when that happens, somebody loses their job, and it was me. <laughs> <laughs> well, they won a World Series so recently, right? Uh, 14. Well, I guess that's They won five in three years, and that's old news now. Uh, they won three in five years. Right, that's 12, old news. 10, right? 12, 14. Okay, that's old news. You're yeah, right. it's old news. Um, all right, well, that is going to uh, do it for this podcast. Thanks, Tukes, for coming in. Great, thanks for having me. And we'll see you next time, guys. Bye.